Do you have a tricky work problem that you need to solve? I have a great podcast recommendation for you featuring a pair of expert women. Whether you're just starting your career or a seasoned professional, check out Fixable, a podcast from TED. Hosted by Harvard professor Frances Fry and her wife, leadership coach Ann Morris, the brilliant duo provide honest, actionable advice to help you navigate everything from a gaslighting manager to returning to work after parental leave. They'll leave you feeling empowered and ready to act. Listen to Fixable wherever you get your podcasts. I recently got a call on the Bossed Up podcast hotline from Christina in Seattle. She had just turned down a job offer and wanted to hear my take on whether or not she made the right choice. Take a listen. This job that I turned down would have been at a really small nonprofit that didn't have a lot of senior people or a lot of sort of opportunities for me to step up. But I think it would have been a really great cultural fit. I really liked their values and I wanted to work on their like mission. Ultimately, I turned the job down because I took the career advice of family and friends who um, told me that I might stunt my own growth there. But I'm wondering if that's actually true. Christina, you got me thinking about all the times when turning down a job offer is your best next move. And in my opinion, there are lots of instances when saying no, despite the FOMO, is your best call. Here are five ways to know when a job offer isn't for you. Number one, when you love the organization, but not so much the role. We all know that millennials are on the hunt for purposeful work, and really, who isn't amongst us? But don't let the organization's purpose-driven mission blind you from the role that you're signing on to. Are you deep down happiest when you're writing and focusing on independent creative work? Then a middle manager position might not suit you even when it is at your dream company. I watched one of our Bossed Up Bootcamp alums who I worked with over the years ping pong from one cause-based organization to the next, always frustrated by how day-to-day operations didn't seem to live up to the ideals of the organization's overall mission. Only once she focused specifically on the role she wanted most did she find a fulfilling and sustainable job that was the right fit for her. So don't be blinded by the big picture vision of an organization if the details of the day-to-day role they're offering you are going to leave you feeling out of place. Number two is when you're just feeling flattered or obliged. There's a big difference between saying hell yes to a new opportunity and feeling like you have to say yes. Perhaps someone went out on a limb for you to help bring this job opportunity your way, and now you feel obliged to agree to it. Or maybe your prospective new employer has gone out of their way to flatter you and take you out to fancy dinners to try and woo you away from your current job. Take a quiet moment of reflection and ask yourself deep down, if you didn't feel obligated or indebted to anyone, would you still say yes to this job? Number three is when your gut says no. Maybe you got a bad vibe when you went into the office for your interview, or do you perhaps find yourself feeling creeped out by how your prospective new boss is conducting themselves? Or maybe something about the team is just leaving you uncomfortable. Just because you can't put your finger on it doesn't mean you shouldn't listen to your gut. 
close your eyes and try to actually imagine yourself taking the job and starting on your first day. Do you feel the excitement of butterflies in your stomach or something more like dread? Listen to your gut. Now, if you're a person who always gets a bit anxious at the prospect of change, you might be best served by talking it out with a trusted friend or ally to make sure you're not just psyching yourself out. But either way, if your gut is telling you no, you're better off listening to it. Number four is when the grass is always greener. Are you a frequent job hopper who finds a new place to work every year? If so, ask yourself if you've got grass is always greener syndrome. Do you always have one eye on job boards? Do you send your resume out year round? Are you never quite invested in your current place of work? While I'd never fault anyone for being ambitious, if you find yourself constantly pining for a better place to work, it might be a sign that you're not holding out long enough for the right opportunity. You're running from workplaces instead of finding the right job that makes you want to run to it. So give yourself time to really make a mindful next move so that you'll be able to invest yourself fully into your next job and not be constantly looking for something better. And number five is when you get nine out of 10 of your must-haves met. Here's what I mean. If you've heard me talk about negotiation before, you know how much I believe in making a list of must-haves and nice-to-haves. If the offer that's made to you meets nine out of 10 of your must-haves, and after a negotiation, you still can't get them to give you that final must-have in the package, guess what? That's not good enough. If you know that the salary, benefits, commute, or any other conditions of the job you're offered just isn't going to work for the long haul, and they're not willing to negotiate on it, taking that job just sets you up for fizzling out. Now, unless you're looking for a bridge job or a temporary solution, hold out. After all, sometimes being willing to walk away from the negotiation table is your best boss move that you can make. You might even call their bluff and have them come back to you to offer more. So tell me, have you ever turned down a job offer in the past? How did it go down? Do you regret your decision or did it all work out for the better? I'd love to hear from you and I'm sure Christina would as well in the comment section of today's corresponding blog post at bossedup.org slash episode 75. Let's face it. Speaking up at work can be really hard to do, especially for women and women of color. When the stakes are high and you've already worked so hard to just be the only woman in the room and you want to get everything right, you want to have all your facts and figures accurate before making your voice heard, it's just so much easier to stay silent instead. Researcher Deb Chahansky calls this loss of voice phenomenon. And it actually emerges in adolescent women at greater rates than men. And it sticks with us for the rest of our lives. Self-silencing behavior can actually become an unconscious habit unless we consciously engage in practicing our assertive communication skills. And we here at Bossed Up have set out to help women like you do just that. Speak up, 
my live assertive communication course is back open for enrollment and we're kicking off a new cohort launching this June. Over the course of eight life-changing weeks, you'll have access to interactive online curriculum and live weekly practice sessions where you, Irene and I, and a cohort of fellow Speak Up bosses who are owning their voice, overcoming the social messages that have taught us to keep silent, and really learning to strategically and assertively communicate when it matters most, we'll actually have the practice time to rewire our brains, create new neural pathways, and build better habits when it comes to speaking up with confidence and precision and assertively communicating in the workplace. Learn more and enroll today to secure your spot at bossedup.org speakup. That's bossedup.org speakup.